The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Sign up for DraftKings Sportsbook by using promo code RTRS. Brought to you by Mortgage CS. Become a Mortgage CS Ricky VIP at mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. Briggs Auction, the official auction of the process at briggsauction.com slash Ricky. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, the official sponsor of the Corner 3 newsletter with Zoe. Statesidevodka.com. To avoid doing the same podcast we've done seven times this year, because the Sixers are still kind of shitty. We I might still are, do it. Well, well, here's the good thing. I put in a bunch of mailbag questions that will bring us right to that place. But Great. we have a bunch of mailbag questions and some good ones. Some Real Housewives ones for Mike Ooh. in there. Yep. And we just good, a couple of serial ones. And we, of course, the miserable Sixers ones. So here we go. Uh, I did mention stateside urban craft vodka. So tasty. That's it right there, right in the, uh, oh, this is a regular season bitch glass, rocks glass right here, stateside. Stateside having a sale on the Surfside iced tea and vodka, on the vodka sodas, on the regular vodka. It's such a great gift or just keep the fridge stocked for your holiday get together. Love you, Stateside. Go to statesidevodka.com. Remember, you must be 21 or older to be Mike's friend and to purchase Stateside Vodka. Without any further ado, Amos and the chef. Welcome to the Rice Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy that just signed an 11-year, $300 million deal with a full no-trade clause, Juan Mike Levin. That's right. Mm -hmm. And I'm still doing this podcast. local niche <laughs> podcast. <laughs> That's what it's all about. So, you know, the Sixers, this was two nights ago lost to a team actively trying to lose for the second time this season from the state of Texas. First, earlier this season, they lost to the Spurs. Yeah. And then the other night, they lost to the Houston Rockets and thought it would be... Uh, look, I, I'm part of me wants to just like offer it up to you. But then the other part of me is like, I don't want to shoot our shot before the mailbag questions that ask the correct questions to get us to shooting our shot. So before we, we get to the mailbag with also plenty of voicemails, is there any just off the top thing or should we just get right to it? No, I mean, I think the benefit of having done two podcasts a year, sometimes two podcasts a week, sometimes more. For a year. During the playoffs for many years. Yep. Is that you never really run out of things to say. That's, it's the truth. People, we get in there and it's, yeah. uh, sometimes I think, how are we going to fill this hour? And then it's minute 72. Always happens. Yeah. People... Normies that I'll talk to, 
being like, oh, you have a podcast. What's it about? And I'll just be like, oh, my God. <laughs> Don't make me yes, answer that. And I'll be like, it's about a basketball team, the Philadelphia one. And like, so like, do you talk about the game? Like, they, they're like, what is that about? And I do struggle to say exactly how we do it, uh, mm-hmm. filling as much time as we do about it. And maybe yeah. it's not interesting. Maybe people don't find it interesting. And that's how we do it, is that it's, we do a bad job of it. But I think there's always fucking something. Mm-hmm. And this team lost to the Rockets, a team that I've, has a lot of players I love. Mm-hmm. Tari Eason kicks yep. ass. Um, number of scrappy youngsters, Eric Gordon in year 77. Uh, still on the on the Rockets. Still kicking around, still doing his thing. Um it's just they're just a very unserious team right now, the Phil- our Philadelphia 76ers. There's just it, a collection of, you know, you're missing Tyrese Maxey, fine. Um, valid excuse. But Embiid and Harden are two and five when they play together this year. They are. Unacceptable. An unacceptable yes. thing. And it doesn't seem like there is anything imminent to be done, although the December 15th uh, period when some more trades, some more players are available in trades is coming up. So who knows? But it doesn't, it's not like there's a, uh, we're not hearing about big locker room anything. We're not hearing about uh, players only meetings. We're not hearing about the Sixers considering a coaching change. We're not hearing. It's just like, they're, yeah, they're, everyone's just like pretty, pretty like boringly pissed off all the time. There was a, there was a video of James Harden at the strip club with a little baby with giant stacks of cash after the game the other night. Yeah. The, the thing that the Sixers <laughs> are not lacking is giant stacks of cash. <laughs> Everybody's got plenty of that. There's not really a cohesive offense. There's not an any anywhere near the level of consistent effort that you'd want to see. Uh, and there's not a uh, a um, you know a volume of coaching acumen. No, but there you are know. stacks of cash that we have. <laughs> and if there was if there was a way for like stacks of cash to like run the offense. And make smart plays and smart cuts, and we'd be great. Get a couple rebounds, then I think I think that we'd be in better shape. But the the as of now, the stacks of cash can just go into the pockets of players that aren't playing good enough and coaches that aren't coaching well enough. Let's get to the voicemail and the email because I actually had another comment, but we'll we'll, we'll get to it. Eight three three lickface is the uh, voicemail, and right streaky sanchez at gmail dot com is the email. Let's see if first try I can do the voicemail right. This team is such a joyless slog. They are one of just the least fun I've had watching a sports team. No name. In a very, very long time. Just right into it. Harden Starts in the middle. Dribbling through his legs, the ball just squirts out. Oh, it's a turnover. Okay, the game's over. I just like, just care a little bit, guys. Just like, just just sit around the table and say, hey, we'd like to win some basketball games. Just like, care more than me is what I ask you to do. <laughs> yeah. 
you, you person who's making $40 million a year, you, James Harden, who left money on the table to, to play with your, your BFFLs, just care a little bit, man. Just like, just like want to win a game and, and just don't have that like bored look on your face when you continuously, Paul Reed is the only guy trying. That's right. Non basketball question. What other interests could I replace the Sixers with that, <laughs> that brings me more joy? I feel like feeling potatoes is a competition at this point. You read, you could read, you know, as far as the, the trying thing to me, the, the, the quintessential play of the loss to the Rockets who are actively trying to lose, mm-hmm. not the players, obviously, you know, we've been through this years. Mm-hmm. was like that final play where they ran a pick and roll and a bead like sort of sets a pick and then stands right next to Harden who shoots a step back and gets it blocked. Like, it was like they, I don't know, man, like that, that was, that was not the, not the final play of a team that was like fearful of losing to the Houston Rockets and embarrassing themselves, I think. No. Yeah. Long, long in the list of embarrassments. Yeah. The, the trying is an, is, is an interesting thing. Cause I would wonder, I was thinking over the past couple of days, like I would like to have Daryl back on the podcast. <laughs> And just see yeah. like what he has to say. I mean, I, I'm yeah. trying to imagine what, because I'm sure he gets very frustrated watching the games. A hundred percent. If he wants to come on and, and ask, we, like we won't, we won't fucking drill you about doc or anything. Like you can come on and just have a conversation about what's going wrong. I just want, I wonder what he thinks is going wrong. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference between Daryl when he's watching the games and Daryl a little more step back cold late a day, that kind of thing. And I think he would probably say something along the lines of, well, they've been injured. They haven't had that much time together. They haven't had time to gel and coalesce. And the team, obviously, it's a different situation when you're Shake Milton or D'Anthony Melton or George Niang or whatever, and, and you know that there's not a Joel Embiid and James Harden to do everything versus when there is. And the like level of like, gear up you have to have for yourself and it's just hard to adjust in between those sorts of things playing with a guy like James Harden and Embiid um versus versus just playing like you know more carefree and casual and uh just regular you know it just seems like park basketball but I I don't that would be a bullshit excuse it I mean in some level it's true but on some level it's absolutely bullshit you're just like the other teams are good other teams Deal with injuries and well, the Bucks were missing Middleton and were like sixteen for and sure. six without him. You know, yeah. And the Celtics were missing Rob Williams. And yeah, the Celtics replaced their coach because of like a you know scandal that nobody knows what the answer is to yet. And people get better when they fire their coach. And you know, I just the don't. I just went through it. You know, like there's there's weird shit everywhere. You know, it's sure. not just the Sixers. And and PJ Tucker has largely been this guy offensively for several excellent franchises over the last few years and they have succeeded with that. So like, what is it about? I keep coming back. Like, I don't think in the past, I, I have thought that, that the issue is the, a lot of the role players that they haven't over the last few years, that they haven't been deep enough, that they haven't had guys that can play both ends at, or that can create or that can dribble or that can shoot or some like any, any number of like normal things that seemingly the Sixers fourth through 
ninth guys couldn't do. Um, and we kind of, that's not the problem anymore. The problem is their two best players are not doing a good enough job and their coach is not doing a good enough job. And your, uh, rant from my flu episode, uh, I think holds as far as like, what are, what are they going to do? Like, I just look at them and go like Harden is going to stand there. Harden is going to stand there when he doesn't have the ball. Mm-hmm. He's always going to stand there when he doesn't have the ball. And yes. like, what is the, what is that? Are we accepting that? And if we are accepting that, then like, what is the rest of it? And I just, you look at other teams. I went to that Grizzly Celtics game and I watch other games here <laughs> and I'm just like, sometimes when you, you see a modern offense and you see flow and you see movement and you see like guys cutting and moving and, and making smart plays. And then the Sixers is just like slow dribbling. Even Harden's incredibly cool pass to shake. Yes. Uh, which kicked great. ass. Yeah. Um, and I love that. And it's something that they were missing. Like there's still things that like happen in it. They still an impressive offensive player and Embiid makes impressive offensive plays and stuff. But as like a, as like, what is the base offense? What are they looking like? What is the like feel is the ball moving? I watch the Pelicans all the time because they're one of my favorite teams to watch. And they're just like so fun to watch. Zion is like the most fun player in the league to watch for me. And it's just like everything it's, it's just a different sport sometimes. And I wonder like if Willie Green was coaching, Willie Green is like, you know, a young coach and has like good ideas and stuff and is blessed with a bunch of cool players and shit. Like if he, if you immediately replace Willie Green with Doc Rivers right now, uh, on on the Sixers, what would happen? I don't know the answer to that. It might be the same thing. It might be these guys are just like too who they are and whatever, but it shouldn't be the case. Like there, these are, a lot of these players are very, very good. Tobias Harris has changed the, like, entire way he plays and lives and moves he's great tobias harris gets to keep his money not just because that brooklyn game but because he's fucking doing it he's doing the thing that we asked him to do and he's floated in and out of like be more of take more of a role not take more of a role and he had fucking seven threes the other night he's like he's doing what they're asking him to do he got totally punked by tar in a couple times out tough out physical 100 percent. that's what tar does and that's what tobias does he's just not that tough of a player even though he's big Physically, he just like doesn't have, he does not have that dog in him. At this point, it does come down to the two best players. It comes down to the two best players. Yeah. And Uh, and I I would, I would like for them to like look inward. I would like mm -hmm. them to be honest. And I would like for Doc and Daryl to be like honest about what they think. Cause like it's not, they don't even, when was the last time the Sixers had like a blowout? They're not having like many blowouts this year. They're not crushing teams. No. They're just like, they would occasionally like wear, you know. Orlando, did they beat Orlando out, yeah. by 30? They, they beat Orlando by 41 time, but like there's not enough games when the Sixers are like, hey, we're just really good and we're going to beat like a pretty good team to a pulp. Nope. Doesn't happen. Um, let's see if you know what this means. Bright light said it gonna set my soul, gonna set my soul on fire. Got a like whole that? lot of money that's ready to Do you know what song this is? Are you allowed to play it? We'll, we'll be all right. There's a thousand pretty women. Uh, no, I don't know. All right, give it a sec. And I am just a devil with love to spare. So viva Las Vegas. That's right. Vegas mic time. <laughs> 
<laughs> Mike, yeah. you don't want to hear the beginning of that song. <laughs> what is the current line at DraftKings Sportsbook? Okay, um, the Philadelphia Eagles and then New York Giants. Eagles, Giants. Giants are home. Yes. It is at uh, MetLife Stadium. Yeah. Vegas Mike. Give me... The Eagles line last week was low. It's like four and a half I saw. And yeah, well, the Titans are Titans a reasonable team. Yeah. This, this line is, uh, I'll give you a hint, it's higher than what it opened, but it's still lower than what I thought it was going to be. Um, Eagles on the road, Giants have been struggling. Yep. Give me six and a half. Opened at six and a half. It's currently seven. Okay. Vegas Mike, Vegas Mike, Vegas Mike. Very good. DraftKings Sportsbook. Woo! And the Sixers still plus 2,200 to win the title at DraftKings Sportsbook. We did a, a same-game parlay, a hardened same-game parlay the night of uh, the Rockets game. Didn't work out. Didn't work out. Uh, DraftKings Sportsbook, who we love, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, new customers can bet 5 bucks on a pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get 150 bucks in free bets if they do. Plus, plus, plus everyone can combine multiple bets. You can make your own same-game parlay for bigger payouts. You can use ours or you can do most of them or or your own. Same-game parlay, add as many legs as you want. And just a note, if you're listening in Maryland, DraftKings Sportsbook now live in your state. Download the app now to get in on the Holiday Hoops action. Sign up with code RTRS. Place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code RTRS. Minimum age and eligibility. I always nail this. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Uh, CJ, are we kicked off of YouTube yet for playing Vivo? Oh, we are. No, we're not really. Whew, made me fucking scared. All right. Writes Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com. This comes from Moses. Spike and Mike, here's a question comparing Daryl to other GMs. Both Danny Ainge and Daryl Morey are two of the most prominent execs in the NBA who are either revered or hated by everyone around the league. I don't understand the love Danny Ainge gets, but I'm also growing more and more skeptical of Daryl's ability to ever finish what Sam started. My question to you, who is more overrated? Danny Ainge or Daryl Morey? Would you rather have Ainge if it meant a guaranteed championship with Embiid? Well, that's a yes. Who's more overrated, Danny Ainge or Daryl Morey? I mean, I th- I think they're properly rated. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah. D- D- Danny Ainge is a good general manager. Like, he is. I think he he's is. good, and I think he's a prick. And yeah, I think he's good he, at it. Yeah. It, like, you know, has either him or his... People have like a, a lot of like feeding things to the media about how they almost got this guy and all that, all that good stuff. And the Celtics got better once he left, which is pretty funny. Um, and I think Daryl is good and people have like a healthy amount of skepticism because of some of the decisions he's made, which I think is right. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree. I, and I think the, you know, it's funny. I, I think the, the criticism of Daryl Morey may have been unfair six years ago, but is probably fair now, you know? So I, I think they were both properly rated. The second question from Moses, I've lived in Boston for half my life now since college, but I'm a Philly sports guy through and through. I have three daughters, ages seven, five, and two. Every year at school, my girl's school has a spirit week, and one of the days is favorite Boston sports team. On this day, my girls walk into a sea of classmates and teachers all decked out in Red Sox, Celtics, Patriots, and Bruins gear. 
it's truly my worst nightmare. My daughters are always confused on this day and they keep asking me who these teams are because they've only ever known Philly sports. My question to you, out of a deep desire to protect my young daughters from feeling left out on this day and eventually being ridiculed, do I give in and buy them Boston sports gear to wear on this one day? My wife says hell no, but my heart says yes. Interesting. Why do you live in Boston? I mean, like, I don't know, Boston College? That's a place. Is that a question? Or yeah, I mean, just like you don't have to go like a four main sports team, and you can go like oh, you can I, find can a I, you can find a way around it. I have a different know. view on this. Your I kids, your kids are from so. Boston. Your kids are from Boston. Your kids should like the Boston sports teams. I mean, if they want to bond with you and be into Philly sports teams, that's great. That happens. But like your kids are from Boston, they should assimilate part of being a fan of a team is the, is the, and I, I say this, Boston is my, I hate Boston. It's my least favorite city in America as far as sports go. But part of sports is the, is the group celebration when things happen and the camaraderie and the, everybody feels things together and your girls are not from Philadelphia. You are. And I, I just like, if they want to be part of the Boston thing, you should let them and let them experience what you did because what they're experiencing now is nothing like what you experienced. They're experiencing something way worse. You experienced something awesome. You were a Philadelphia fan in Philadelphia. They're a Philadelphia fan in Boston. And for a grown adult that is fine, who can handle themselves, for a child that is not, let your kids be Boston fans. That's my take. Maybe. I mean, it's certainly they, you know, they did this, they brought this upon themselves, but <laughs> the children or the, <laughs> the parents, <laughs> Okay, but if they're, and if you, if they didn't care, then I would say, absolutely let your kids mm-hmm. be what they want and still let them what they want. But if they're, if you're in control of it, if you're, if they're asking you, if they still want to be, I wouldn't force them to do it. I wouldn't push them in that direction and go like, we as a family are. You know, my family growing up was Jewish. And if I just came home and I was just like, well, I'm around other people, so I'm going to be this. I'm a, you're a Sixers fan. You're, you're, you're a Philadelphia sports fan. This is, it, is as, it is as good of a reason as a religion. And if you want to switch, then you can do that. You can be, uh, you can make that choice when you're old enough. But if you are asking us should you do it as a parent? Should you like push them in that direction? No. I, I think the best thing for them is to be Boston sports fans. That is my, that is my controversial take. Then move. 833-LICKFACE th- is the voicemail number. Hey guys, this is Aaron. Um, I have two questions, both for Mike, non-basketball related because I can't. Um, the first is I would like to know Mike, Mike's favorite Mamma Mia 2 Here We Go Again song performance. Great. Um, And I would also love to hear Mike's take on the current season of Real Housewives of Potomac. Who are we standing with? Who are we against? I would love to know what he thinks. All right. Thanks. Wait. All right. um, Sorry, I just called, but I remembered that I wanted to say that um, about, I don't know, probably like six to eight weeks ago, I had the weirdest experience ever, which is, um, I'm pretty sure I saw Mike in the shuttle to 
the Uber lot at LAX. Um, as I was listening to the podcast, um, it was extremely meta and very weird. Um, but yeah, I just needed to get that off my chest because I had no one to share it with, but it was a pretty wild experience to listen to a podcast and look up and see Mike standing right there. Um, anyway. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Whoa. LA is some, is strange for that to happen. Obviously. She should have said something. Yeah. The, by the I way, if it was me. I mean, you live in Los Angeles. Could have sure. been. Maybe you're going to Memphis. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wouldn't have been there. Oh, wouldn't have been uh, in the shuttle. Oh, to go to the Uber lot. I did it at some point, but not in a while. I, don't know, I I went to visit my brother in Los Angeles right when they started that Uber lot. So to go that's, to that's to, bad. Yeah. So to, to get an Uber at LAX, you have to take a shuttle to a separate lot, and they that's did awful. it to declog the LAX. And it's, it didn't work, and it's just extremely bad. So I went there the first weekend they tried it, and I stood outside the gate with my bags and, and shuttle after shuttle drove by me because they were all full. So I had to walk like the 1.3 miles with my bags to the Uber lot to get an Uber lot. Fucking terrible. All right. Favorite, what is it? Song from Mamma Mia 2 and then Real Housewives of Potomac. Favorite song performance from Mamma Mia 2. It's a, there's in a movie that is chock full of them. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Waterloo is great. Um, they do a great job of that. Um, why did it have to be me is also great. Um, really, really solid. Um, I think, uh, wait, which one? I think, um, it's hard to argue with Super Trooper is really very solid, but I would say, I mean, it's the whole movie top to bottom. Top to bottom, whole movie. No, uh, Angel Eyes also great. Baranski, come on. Uh, the the slower songs are not as good, but the fun poppy songs, Angel Eyes, is really good. I'm, I'm, I'll say, I will say, I will say Waterloo. I'll say Waterloo. I think that you named. Of I, I don't know how many songs are Mama Mia too, but it sounds like you named every one of them. No, there's a bunch. There's a whole bunch. <laughs> oh, really? All the time. Um, and then I, I'm not. I'm on season three. I'm finishing season three of Real Housewives of Potomac right now. Alyssa is current. Um, so we're catching up. So hopefully by next season of, of Potomac, I will be catching up. But it's season, season three is starting to get really, really good. Really, I've watched this as my third Real Housewives series. And Potomac is, New York is like very deep. They're all fucked up in their own beautiful reasons. But like Potomac, they're really starting to get very, real about stuff. I love Ashley Darby. I'm an Ashley Darby guy. I think she's maybe one of my favorite housewives in general. Like just like laying bare all of why her life is insane. Did, and uh okay good. Did you watch the one with Tiki's wife? It's New Jersey, Real Houses in New Jersey. Uh, I have not started Jersey yet. Oh okay. Um Alyssa keeps pushing Jersey on me when okay. we get there. It's a little it just feels a little too close to home for me. Like I I'm like worried about what I'm gonna see. Yeah, I, I, I've, I've never seen it, but obviously I work with Tiki Barber at WFAN, who I, I didn't realize yeah. his, he was in real, his wife is in Real Housewives. Right. Obviously, Eddie Jordan's wife, Sharice Jordan, is in Real Housewives of Potomac. And oh, so I did. When I, when I get to- Sixers um, Eddie Jordan? Yeah, we talked about this on the podcast. Oh, we did? Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, also, former Maryland star Juan Dixon and his wife, Robin <laughs> Dixon, are on uh, Potomac. I will, uh, I will get- 
when we get to Jersey and and I start watching it, I'm sure I'll come in with many opinions about Tiki Barber and his wife. Right, streakysanchez at gmail.com is the uh, Tiki is a, a gentleman and uh, a great guy. I don't need fuck Tiki bet. Barber, fuck Ronde Barber. <laughs> I'm sure he would be fine with it with Ronde. Um, the right Ricky Sanchez at gmail.com is the voice is the, uh, email bag. This comes from Elliot. Hi, Spike. And my greetings from South Africa. Here is my question for you both. Is it weird that Tobias is becoming my favorite sixer recently? I know he's overpaid versus production, but he adapts his game without complaining. Doesn't sulk or pout on the court. Doesn't foul grift and toss the ball 50 feet in the air on every drive. Doesn't commit hideous tur- turnovers, steps up when our other players are out, rarely load manages or misses games, is a leader and a role model to our young players, and is heavily involved in charity work. He might not be our best player, but he does everything he reasonably can do to earn his massive paycheck, and for that he has his, my respect. I admit this may be a bit of an emotional take uh, reaction to the last few games. Um, you know, Hard to argue with that, Spike. Here is until... Joel Embiid and James Harden have not earned me criticizing Tobias Harris anymore and telling Tobias Harris, saying that Tobias Harris gets, has to That's get right. traded. That's like right. those two guys should be making the games look as if Tobias Harris should be traded. That's right. If Tobias Harris looks like the best player on the court with Joel Embiid and James Harden, sure, credit to Tobias Harris, but that is a Joel Embiid and James Harden problem. I, I do not think it's weird that he's becoming your favorite sixer. I mean, there's, there's not like a long fucking list, but I am fine with Tobias being your, your favorite sixer and he can stay until Embiid and Harden earn something, um, earn, earn him to be traded. I think <laughs> he should have to earn it. Tobias has been great, man. He's been fine. He's, been he's good. just been great. Yeah. God bless. Him. He's good against Keep Houston, it. good against the Nets, but like, Catch and shoot. I'm not going to say anything bad. Doing his thing. Yes. Like, I think. I'm not going to say anything bad. The Sixers will be back and normal and on the right path once we are complaining about Tobias Harris again. Correct. And right now, Tobias Harris is great and Mm. doing a great job. And I love him. And he gets to keep all of his money. For now. For sure. Absolutely. Um. Let's go to a voicemail. Uh, no, actually, before we get to a voicemail, Mortgage CS, Mortgage CS, MortgageCS.com slash Ricky, Mortgage, the letter C, the letter S, dot com slash Ricky. Mortgage CS is here to get you a mortgage, help you refinance, help you debt consolidate, and be independent and helpful when they do it. Mortgage CS is a mortgage broker. Mortgage brokers... Do not give you the money. Mortgage CS, which, who, by the way, is local, small, independent, sm- big enough to handle you, but small in that they're nimble, right? So what a mortgage broker does is they go to all the lenders, all the banks, and they say, hey, what rate do you have? What rate do you have? So Mortgage CS is out there to find you the best rate. But here's the good thing. A lot of mortgage brokers have these deals with banks that you don't really know about. So they have... Um, they have a, a motivation to steer you toward a, a certain bank that will benefit them financially. All Mortgage CS wants to do is steer you to the bank that is going to give you the best rate. That's what Mortgage CS is for. 267-391-7425. That has been the CEO's direct cell number. You can call or text them 
anytime, anywhere. You work with Mortgage CS, you're going to learn more about your mortgage, you're going to get the best rate, and you're going to have somebody who is on your team at all times. You go to buy a house, you need your mortgage person at any time. You go see a house at night, maybe after work, it's eight o'clock, you want to put in a bid, you need a a pre-qualification letter, you go to Mortgage CS. 267-391-7425 is Ben's cell. Text him right now. Just try. They're going to help you learn. Several of our Ricky listeners have gone to Mortgage CS and gotten mortgages, thrilled. Couple said they ended up getting a better rate elsewhere, but they learned so much from Mortgage CS and were so positive about the experience, they would recommend them rather than where they got the mortgage. So proud to be associated with Mortgage CS. Go to mortgagecs.com slash Ricky to schedule a consultation or call or text Ben at 267-391-7425 at any time. Check out all of their five-star reviews at on Google. Again, mortgagecs.com slash Ricky. This advertisement, not a commitment to lend or extend credit. Mortgage CS is an equal housing opportunity mortgage broker. All loans are subject to credit approval. Certain restrictions may apply. Company NMLS 1464766. Visit mortgagecs.com slash Ricky for more information back to the voicemail wait can i oh yeah we all we always do like the looking forward like the last minute of the pod and i don't know if everybody always listens to that or if people oh, like, yeah what's coming up so the sixers now have a they are home until christmas it is a two-week homestand wow i didn't with know that. seven games at home wow none of which are back to back they have to win all seven they need to win seven games in a row, and then they play at the Knicks, at the Wizards, so they need to win nine games in a row. They play the Pelicans in New Orleans on December 30th, and they can lose that game, but they have to win every other game. Here's the order. we got the Lakers on Friday, the Hornets on Sunday, the Kings on Tuesday, the Warriors on Friday after two, two days off, then the Raptors on Monday after two days off, then the Pistons, then the Clippers. And you then, want them to win all seven of those? They need to win all seven of those games, and they need to beat the Knicks in the Wiggers. They have to go on a nine-game winning streak right now. They have to. They're, oh. They are rested. They are at home. There is no, we got to do it. It's not like, you know, we've talked about being a regular season person versus a playoff person and what is what that matters and when <laughs> do we start caring. Is this the radio edit? <laughs> this is the radio edit. Okay. And when do we start caring and when does it start mattering? Yeah. To me, it's not like, oh, they can sleepwalk through games and they can like not play well because they're going to flip the switch in the playoffs. No. Like they, they, there is no team in the world that has earned that less than the Sixers. Correct. The idea of like flipping the switch. Of course. I think the the idea of the regular season not mattering as much goes both ways. Is the like, yeah, a nice win or, an, or a bad loss, like whatever, it's the regular season. But you string enough bad losses together and you keep failing to get like, look cohesive together. We're a third of the way through the season, Mike. Then there's just no, there's no confidence that in the playoffs it's going to be like, ah, it's going to be great. Like they'll get there. I just don't. That, that to me is the situation. So I need right now them to, like that first caller said, start giving a shit. They have to win nine straight games. They're home. They're, they should be rested. Maxi will be coming back at, certain, at some point. Like they are good enough to be doing this. It is on them to do it. I need nine in a row. 
Wow. That is a strong, I, I don't think it's going to happen. But at some point, they're, you would think they would go on a run this season. Now would be a good time. I, I agree 500 right now. I agree with you. They haven't earned it. There's, there's only two teams, two sorts of teams that you can go, oh, this doesn't matter during the regular season and, and feel confident about saying it. One, if they, um, if they have won, like the Warriors, you can be like, ah, they'll figure it out. I, can, I get that. They've earned it. The other one is like the Sixers, if they were 19 and five, you would be like, this is great, whatever. It doesn't count to the playoffs. When your two best players have failed notably Mm -hmm. in the playoffs every year and the current team in the last decade has not made it past the second round, um, well, further than a decade, but the current iteration, Mm -hmm. then you don't get to say, don't worry, we'll we'll be fine in the playoffs. No. no. Their their home is not a murderer's row of teams, and the and the, like. There's some good teams in there, obviously. Raptors, yeah. Clippers, Warriors. Like, there's some good teams in there for sure. The Kings, Lakers have played them, better. Haven't been, been enjoying the beam lighting Kings. Absolutely, they need to beat all of those teams. They need to prove that they matter. And too many people, including themselves, have been giving them the benefit of the doubt for too long. And it's just like time to fucking prove it a little bit. You're not going to be able to prove it in the playoffs. But you can at least get in a position where you can then prove it in the playoffs. And right now, they're not even there. I'm looking at this. How about this one? 833-LICKFACE is the phone number. <laughs> hey, uh, Chris from Glenside here. Um, hey, uh, Shake Millen isn't good. Uh, I don't know why that's a thing. Uh, but I want to talk about Embiid. Um, I, obviously, he's great, right? Career high in points, career high in assists. But a career high in minutes... Um, the man can't jump. He he has zero bounce. He's, I would say he's at about 50% of his original athleticism at this point in his career. Why is he playing a career high in minutes? I don't, it's, you know, I, I used to think Spike was overreacting a bit when he would talk about this, but at some point, don't we need to preserve our guy? Uh, is he playing a career high in minutes? He's not having a career high in points either, is he? Uh, he is averaging 31.9 points, Jesus which Christ. is a career high. He is averaging minutes per game, 35.3, which is a career high. Yeah, by a lot. Both, yeah. <laughs> Full minute and a half. Not a great, not great, not great. Shouldn't be averaging a career high in minutes. No. Behind assists. <laughs> Statistically turnover, having a good turnovers. season. Statistically having a good season. His highest two point percentage uh, of his career. 36. Shooting 84% from the line. The most free throws per game of his career. The, f- the fewest rebounds per 36. Yes. Well, that's lot. notable. Watching that and is it, notable. And you feel it. Yeah. By a lot. Yeah. I, somebody... So a, a, a gentleman on uh, on Twitter who is a, a regular listener was like, "I miss you being like the champion of Embiid. It it feels a bummer hearing you crush him. Like he's got all these career highs." And I'm like, "I'm sorry, I watch the games. Like I've seen the games. I, I he's had good games and he hasn't been bad. But but there's you watching it. There's definitely something not there." Yeah, which, well, you, which you've said before. You've said in previous seasons also. There's we've done we've done like Embiid body language, mm-hmm. Embiid right. like right every year before for sure. Yeah, um, I think the more minutes he plays, 
the more like frustrated he can look in those minutes. If he's playing 32 minutes a game, mm-hmm. then he would be looking less frustrated for a, short, a smaller amount of time. You're talking, this is a, uh, a compiling sort of, yeah, sort of misery. But right now he's, I mean, he's shooting the best two point percentage of his career by a lot. Um, and the worst three point percentage of his career by a lot. And I would like for the, for him to take more threes. I'm so Mm -hmm. tired of him passing up open threes. Yeah. He doesn't like shooting them anymore and driving into stuff and get, he'll get called for travels and those things. Like he play in fewer minutes, take threes when you're open rebound. Those those things would be good for me. Right, Sanchez at gmail.com is the email address. This comes from Jake. You sent out a call for mailbag questions, but honestly, discussing the Sixers' reality or anything basketball-related regarding them is too depressing to contemplate as we're here in the full swing of December Sixers. Maybe in January when they go on the run that convinces us they're more than a second round out. So my question is, if this Sixers roster was in a slasher movie, who is surviving and in what order do they go down? Bonus question, which Sixer is shockingly revealed as the masked killer at the end? So who is the first person to die in the Sixers horror movie? I can answer the second one first. The masked killer at the end is me. (laughs) Right. That's very clear. Uh, It was the media all along. Um, But... I'm I'm bringing up the roster just to see who gets. Also, killed. that call, Shake Miller's Shake Miller's not bad. Come on, he's been great. That was a, he's been, a yeah. I know it was just fun. it was a funny aside at the beginning of it. I know, but I'm disagreeing with it. I disagree with an aside. You can put I, it in aside if you want, but if it's wrong, it's wrong. And Shake is good. And Shake has been. He's been. I, I mean, he's been hitting a ton. He was featured on the uh, Zach Lowe's Ten Things mm-hmm. column and hitting a ton, an array of difficult mid range going to the basket, finishing well, like. Shake's been great and one of the few rays of sunshine on this team, which is awesome. First to die, in my opinion, is Matisse Thibel. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, that's, I think that's the right answer. Yeah, and if, if you make me pick a second one to die, I think it's probably Maxi. No, he's too fast. But he's innocent. Maybe it's Doc. Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't ask Pop if he would die. <laughs> and the I think the person secretly revealed as the murderer is one George Niang. Hmm. Maybe Trez. Oh yeah. Because he's upset that he's not a starter anymore. I feel bad. Trez seems like Trez seems awesome. I wish yeah. uh, he was awesome. I was such a big Trez guy early in his career, and he just like has nothing anymore. No. He doesn't have it anymore. He and can't I feel even bad jump. about that. And I feel he bad He used like, to be so explosive. He has no burst whatsoever at all nothing and just like now and now has like stopped trying to do stuff i literally like i'm begging i'm begging anyone to tell me like why like at least when we had dwight howard and deandre jordan they were tall he's a six six six, seven center (laughs) with no lift whatsoever doesn't Uh. play defense can't switch can't shoot like there's nothing there's nothing there at least you could be like well deandre jordan is you know, he could reach things. You know, he looks, you know, he looks good in the back of a picture. 
But Trez is just like he's not, there's not he's giving you nothing. If I would I truly think that they should waive him right now. He, they should waive him and eat the salary and take a, use the roster spot on something else. There's, he does there's suck, no value whatsoever. Though he did, he will have always given us the latter thing. Yeah, the latter thing's it, great. And yeah. if that's what you're saying, if he's if he's just going to be, you know, if they uh, were great, fifteen he years would be younger, hilarious. he would less, be great to have on the team if they were good. Yeah, I mean, if he's yeah. just going to be like Udonis Haslam with like less lift, then great, then fine. <laughs> but they're like Doc is going to Doc's going to keep playing. He's going to keep playing him. Mm-hmm. He can't help himself. He cannot help himself. And Bede was in like a little bit of foul trouble. And Doc was like, ha ha, he's out. <laughs> Trez is in. Let's go. My guy. Nothing. Gives us nothing. Absolutely nothing. Just like absolutely. He's dying to play him. And he's just, he never proves him right. Even when he does, he's just rolling to the rim and occasionally gets a tip up because nobody boxes him out. He's not doing anything. No. He dunks on nobody. He does the Ben Simmons dunk on nobody. Thing. Yeah. 833 Lickface is the voicemail. I can't take this shit anymore, guys. <laughs> if Daryl gives fucking Harden any kind of extension, three years, two years, whatever the fuck it is, I'm switching teams. I can't watch this shit. I just watched the Rockets game last night. Like, what the fuck was that in crunch time? Like, he just raises up for a three with Michael Porter Jr. in his face because he doesn't receive, he knows Harden can't go by him, and he just blocks it. And he tries a little foul line jumper and beat the hook. He wanted to freaking shoot him. Like this team is so fucking unwatchable. Tobias actually gets a defensive rebound in the corner right in front of the Sixers bench. And nobody fucking says anything to him. And Terry Easton comes and just strips the ball and goes in and lays it in. Like, hey, Tobias, watch your back. It's right in front of the fucking bench. (laughs) I can't take the Daryl missed the fucking boat, not trading for Halliburton. I mean, this is just, this team's not going to win shit. And I don't know if it's Embiid or Doc or the offense, but I mean, if, he, if you see what Embiid did against the Hawks, if he sent goons like fucking six, eight, like go down there, you can get 50 points on him. And he's sitting there fucking pull, like doing pull up jumper after pull up fucking jumper. Yeah, 35, seven or whatever. The numbers look great, but just like spikes at the last pocket numbers don't fucking tell it because he's playing like shit. It's loser ball. They just play like fucking losers. I can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like anybody starting hot like that. Very <laughs> the day in. later, by the way, he wasn't. It wasn't even right after the game. Yeah, that yeah. was a right after the game call. That was not right after the game. Yeah. I don't mind. The, I don't mind the Embiid mid ranges, and I definitely don't mind if he shoots more threes. He should be shoot, shooting at least four threes a game and consistently and regularly. Uh, <laughs> the the yeah, Harden looked Harden looked bad. It was his first game back. I think you give him a little bit of a break, but like he shouldn't also be taking step back threes to win the game in his first game back when he has a, he has Joel Embiid. And other guys get, to give him the ball too. He's like four of nineteen or something at that point. How do you get a step back blocked? Like, come on, uh, man. I, I I gotta be honest, man. I, I I hate the step backs. I've talked about this before, but like it's that is. I know you can do it. I know the players around the league have gotten pretty good at it. It is a useful tool to have and guys that look like they like can bounce into it. Like Darius Garland looks great bouncing into a step back and even like Dan house, like that's his favorite move as a step back. Like if it's part of your but repertoire, like it shouldn't be, but it's his it, whole it should repertoire. Be like rare, rare. Yeah. It should be rare after you've like beaten them off the dribble to the rim, like a bunch of times. And it's just such, it's such, I, if, if I was playing with a guy who was taking step backs, like often, like that's the offense, just like dribble, 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 step back. Like I would, 
I would have such bad body language on the court. I would have horrendous body language. I would just like, I would, my neck would be like snapping back. I would be looking at this guy like a, like a bored kid. You'd look I, like Embiid. <laughs> yeah. But Embiid also in that moment, in those, in crunch times of games. Yeah. Threw the ball to nobody. Yes. Ju- jumped Twice. past to nobody. The careless, do you want to do it? Do you want to do the careless, talk about the careless turnovers? Then now this, I'm transferring it to you. You want me to talk about it? Why? It's mostly your bit. Well, you talked about it the other day. Like you're, you were, what didn't bother you? The careless. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, like, look, this game at that point was somebody emailed us. I don't know if we'll get it to it. He was like, I was hoping they would lose because they deserved to lose. Yeah. A feeling that we've all had. Yeah. And and like those turnovers were, it, the thing is when you're playing a team like the Rockets and you're Joel Embiid, like just fucking obliterate them in overtime. Sure, yeah. You should like, be pissed off that you had to go to overtime. Just fucking obliterate them. Those yeah. turnovers were embarrassing. All of it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. Yeah. Yes. Just completely embarrassing. You know what's not embarrassing? Briggs auction. <laughs> yeah, that's right. B-R-I-G-G-S auction, four-generation family-owned and operated auction house in Delco. They have, so they have two auctions going on right now. The fine estates auction uh, is pretty sweet, man. It's an estate auction and and the the furniture in this one is really awesome. It's just like, I love um, like vintage furniture. I love that shit. They have this brown Chesterfield sofa that's awesome, but also these, like these wooden blanket boxes, which are awesome. We have all these blankets in our living room and I never know where to put them. Sometimes my wife gets these baskets, but these blanket boxes would be awesome. Anyway, Briggs auction auctions every week through Christmas auctions like two, three times a month. Normally download the app Briggs auction. They do estate auctions. They have collectibles. They have art. They have uh, vehicles, furniture, sporting equipment, like baseball cards, anything you could find. And Briggs auction, great to find these one of a kind things for Christmas. Great. But also great is just like sitting around. You want to do something. You don't want to go on TikTok and have them steal your thoughts and give them to the Chinese government. Go to Briggs auction and go through their auctions. Just like a lot of fun man a lot of fun um another the next there's two auctions going on now another one's uh it will be next week and will end on the 16th briggs auction you go to briggsauction.com or you download the app briggs auction app in google play or the app store if you win something auction i've won like five things you can pick up easy on saturdays open pickup or by appointment during the week or they'll work with a shipper to get it to you and if you want to downsize state auction of your own info at briggsauction.com send them an email briggs auction we love them briggs auction not gonna find that ad on youtube fucking a did you have anything else on the horrible mb turnovers or no i'm sure it'll come up okay um email here we go. Oh, this is a good one from Sean. I think CJ might need to jump in on this one if you want, CJ. From Sean. Hey, Spike and Mike, my name is Sean. I'm a big fan of the pod and I have a simple question for you guys. What are the code breaks when traveling with friends? This could be relevant for people participating in the, up the, in the upcoming Fly the Process trip. I'm not going on the trip, but in a few weeks, I'll be traveling with three friends to see the Eagles play the Bears in Chicago. Consider a three-day weekend as a typical time frame. Aside from that, I'll leave it open-ended. I'm curious to hear your feedback. So code breaks, does that mean like 
things that you're supposed that everyone's supposed to not do? Is that what a code break is? Do we know? Siege? CJ? I I have no idea what a code break a is. A code break is a procedure that is a set of rules which determine when plan unblinding should occur in a blinded experiment. So uh, a set of rules. So when you're on your 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 friend trips, your friend group trips, do you have That's any right. hard and fast rules? We the only thing I can think that would make sense is we have a pretty hard rule of switching drivers every three hours. We don't like to okay. go over three hours in one stint. Okay. But even that, it's like pretty flexible. I, I can't really think. You, you just listen to your friends. Don't be a dick. Mm. You know, have okay. fun. My the, CJ, the CJ rules. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm too old to go on like trips. Like I haven't been on a trip with a bunch of friends what do i have four friends what are the odds that we would all go somewhere together very slim the odds yeah it would, it would happen it would it would be like an accident yeah i all happen to be in deer valley at the same time i i would say the only the only rule if I, i'm now thinking about it and the only rule i would think is like don't be stubborn about anything like don't don't insist you have to do anything I think. I think if you're in a if you're on a trip with a group of friends, you just sort of have to go with the flow. Like, do not say we got to go to this place or we got to go to that place or I'm not going there. Or, I don't want to do this or I don't care about like farting in the bedroom or like you know whatever. Farting <laughs> in the bedroom. Farting in the, the hotel room. Mike, any? I gotta fart in the bedroom, man. <laughs> I'm gonna be stubborn in this. I gotta do it. Uh, I wonder if I want. Uh, I wonder if the Sixers ever think about any of their stubborn <laughs> rules and code breaks on the court. Yeah. Uh, Being a it, basketball team, the Sixers really are on taking trips all all the time together. They That's are the whole thing. They all take the time. a trip. They took a trip to Houston, and it sucked. You know what they should do? They should say two guys to a. A hotel room till you guys win six in a row. Make them stay with other people. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, like, like uh, college style. Yeah, Roommate. four guys to a room. I don't give a fuck. We're saving money on rooms because you aren't good enough. Yeah, yeah. Embiid, unfortunately, you have to room with Jaden Springer. <laughs> He's like he's who? probably going to be annoying in the way that like kids are. Yep. So play better and then you'll get your own room. That that's my my idea. Okay. Eight three three Lickface is the voicemail. What's good, Spike and Mike? My name is Bryce, Sixers fan living in Niagara Falls, New York. Long time listener, first time caller. Yes. My basketball question is do you guys believe that Daryl Morey will have the balls to admit that he was completely wrong for holding out the Ben Simmons trade and trading for Harden? and completely stripping this team away of any championship capabilities. Non-basketball question for you. What is your favorite top three cereals? Thank you. <laughs> Keep up the great work. Shout out to CJ. Shout out to CJ is right. I mean, like, it is... You You could argue that you didn't think that Tyrese Halliburton would, would get better quickly. Yes. Fair argument, I think. I don't think it was. He was so obviously very good. Yeah, but we 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 
bought it. I bought it in the sense of, and again, unfortunately, none of these podcasts exist, so we can't go back and listen yeah, to them. No one's allowed to. Unfortunately. But like, I'm. it was the, if they're trying to win now and they're trying to get Embiid's, you know, however long his prime is to maximize it, you could make the case that Harden for the next two or three years would have been better than Tyrese Halliburton for the next two or three years. If you're trying to win a championship. If you're trying to win a championship. And I think that that was pretty immediately disproven wrong. I think Halliburton for the next 10 years, obviously, obviously, it was never in doubt. At least as like a, because he's so good at just connecting things and he's such a joy to watch and he's, he can shoot and he can pass and he gets out in transition and he can rebound and guys just like, Things just happen in games that Tyrese Halliburton is playing. And uh, he would single-handedly, if he was on this team, make the offense look different because of how well he moves, how quick he makes decisions. And also he doesn't turn the ball over. And it's just like he's a, he's a special, special player. And you could maybe be like, ah, eh, let's see it in the playoffs first, which obviously, obviously. I'm not saying he's like a top 10 player in the league right now, which obviously Harden was in the past. But like... You had to really assume that Harden would get back to the guy he was two or three years ago. Because it was it was automatic that Halliburton was going to be very good for a while. And Halliburton got very good, maybe quicker than you could expect. And Harden hasn't been that guy. I'll, here's the To me, here's the biggest advantage Tyrese Halliburton has over James Harden. When you're watching Tyrese Halliburton, you don't want to punch yourself in the dick over and over and over again until Mm. you're doubled over in pain and can't watch the TV anymore. Mm. That is is my, you don't have to like look at the Sixers Twitter and Instagram of James Harden in some giant fucking sweatshirt drinking his dumb fucking wine uh, as he fucking sitting around waiting to come back home and start playing again, specifically when they're in Houston, because you can go to the strip club with little baby. And, and when you're watching those things, you want to punch yourself in your own dick over and over and over again. And in fairness, I haven't watched every Pacers game and I don't monitor their social media. It is possible that Tyrese Halliburton in his last chance to win a championship is busy selling his cheap fucking wine and (laughs) taking Instagram pictures and going to the strip club with a little baby. It's possible. I haven't seen it. It could be happening. But I think that the number one biggest difference is that when you're watching Tyrese Halliburton, you don't feel like, oh my God, the last 10 years of basketball have ended up with this and this is how it's going to end. That's, that's, I would say that those are, that's the difference between the two, the, str- the biggest difference. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> no, I see that. My dick is generally unpunched when I watch Tyrese Halliburton. Are you ever punching your dick when you're watching Tyrese Halliburton? No, I'm not. never. To this to to this point, no, never. Not even once. Um, uh, <laughs> all it's, right. It's, I wish he was on the team. I yeah. wish he was on the Sixers because it's the like the hope, the hope, the hope that a young backcourt of Maxie and Halliburton, two Tyrese's, mm-hmm. would would feel. I don't think that Daryl waited too long to make it. It wasn't like there was like a great Ben Simmons trade like at the beginning of last year that he didn't make because he was waiting on. Harden. I think the waiting 
demonstrated like that wasn't the issue it was the it was that it was like okay it's going to be hardened and then the guy just like kept looking like the guy that wasn't that good anymore in brooklyn you remember the beginning of the year the first few games people were like oh my god he's back oh my god yeah i mean sometimes the step back threes go in yeah and that looks cool and it feels awesome when it does but when they don't go in and he's not getting to the basket and he's not playing defense, he's not getting back in transition and he's holding on to the ball, he's dribbling too much, he's not making any quick decisions. He's capable. I mean, like, like that Shake Milton pass kicked ass and I love that shit. And that's why I like ultimately like I'm not like a big hardened hater because I, I love the vision. But like the the shooting and the standing there and the dribbling the, and not doing not doing much. It's like that's that's just tough, tough to see. And the hope that you would feel with 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 Tyrese's. Yes. Together of like Embiid being like, you know, grizzled veteran type like that can just like protect the rim and like take over and Maxie and Halliburton are just flying out there in transition and making quick decisions and hitting shots like that would have been overwhelmingly cool. And now knowing that there's like a clock on how good Harden is even at this point, Mm -hmm. which is not good enough and it's not going to get better. It is. uh, It's tough couple more. This is a good one from Jamie. Hi, Spike, Mike, and CJ. Hope you are doing well in the run-up to the holidays. Basketball question. What has been your favorite game of the entire process era? There are many moments we can all point to between the TJ buzzer beater, the Corey Brewer game, and Embiid's dominant performances. But what has been your favorite game? It could be any of these moments, but figured there were some fun ones from the early process days that stood out to you. I mean, going up to one against Toronto. Is that the airplane game? Yeah. Yeah. Was And they fucking smoked him. And it was like, we're going to the conference finals. This kicks ass. And then just like an ugly bullshit grinded out game four that took it all away. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, that was pretty tough. So I might, I might say that one. There's a couple of Paul games that have been pretty good. You know, Embiid's first game was awesome. You know, it's uh, the pick swapping wasn't a game, but was a great moment, even though it ended in calamity. It was basically a game. Yeah. Yeah, the, the pick swapping, I, some, I think I thought about this the other day, both like the pick swapping, like Mikhail Bridges is probably going to be an all-star this year, which hurts because that year is you know, nearly died and is now out of the league. And Jason Tatum's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And that sucks. Markel is carving out an NBA career for himself, which is great. Good for him. But was not, is still a shell of the, of the guy he was when they draft, when they drafted him out of college. And Jason Tatum is going to be a, um, Hall of Famer. He's going he's gonna to be a Hall of Famer, yeah. My favorite game happened January 31st, 2016. The Sixers lost the game 108-105 to the Golden State Warriors. The Warriors were 42-4 at the time. The Sixers were 7-40. and 40. And Isaiah Cannon hit a four-point play that almost won the game as the Sixers outscored the Warriors 33 to 17 in the fourth quarter. 
Almost yeah, a corner three. I watched it from the Grinder Writers Room. Yep. There was a corner three that Sean Livingston yanked Robert Covington's arm and to prevent him from yep. closing out on I think it was Harrison Barnes. And uh that was frustrating that they didn't call it. Uh non-basketball question. What do you enjoy doing on New Year's Eve? Going out for the holiday has gotten less and less popular with friends each year. So now we usually go and have a nice dinner and enjoy a casual night in. What about you guys? Um I'm just not big do everything the same time everybody else does everything person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like a di- like a it just feels like exhausting and like unnecessarily complicated like tr- flying at the same time everybody else is flying and going out at the same time everybody else is going out like those kinds of things it's just like why would you why would you it just seems to make it harder um so i'm but i like a i think i perfect world for new year's is like a is like a house party situation where you can for, like crash there after for me my wife and i go to dinner at six or something come home play board games and drink until uh 10 30 then force ourselves to stay up until 1201 and then go to bed um end it on this i think yeah end it on this voicemail Ooh, do you want to end it on a non-sixers voicemail or a sixers email let's let's do email okay this comes from ray Right, Stricky Sanchez at gmail.com. Remember, you pick this. So what do at what point do we decide this try at the Apple is over? And if it were to happen, what are your big moves to reset? All right. I'm I'm like very annoyed by the Sixers. Mm-hmm. And I'm I would say around consensus on the James Harden trade at this point, mm-hmm. which is like relatively like medium low on it. I'm not Mm -hmm. like it's the worst trade of all time and it's all over and it can't get better. And I'm definitely not like, actually like it's going to be good. And there was the right one. And so I'm like mostly like medium to medium low. I'm on like, if you're, if you're, if you're boiling me, I'm at like a, I'm at like a four. Okay. On the, on your, on your stovetop. And but like they're, it's still twenty four games into the season, and they still have Joel Embiid, and they still have Tyrese Maxey, and who's going to get back soon, and they're going to look good again. And, and Tobias is hitting shots, shooting over forty one percent from three. You don't think they can win a championship this year? Though, no, do you? I don't think. I think it's a very, very long shot that they could win a okay. championship this year. But you, you could have looked at the at the Celtics last year, as of like mid January, and go like, this team fucking sucks. They don't share the ball. They're playing in ton of isolation. They're not mm-hmm. like moving it. They're mm-hmm. like miserable. And then they went on like a crazy run and were the best team in basketball for most of the rest of the year. And so I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think, I don't think it, but I, would I, would I rule it out? The idea that like Joel Embiid and James Harden, who are very good, who have like proven at least at some point to have like a very effective pick and roll game and Tyrese Maxey who kicks ass and like a PG Tucker, who's one of the most versatile defenders in the league, even at his age and DeAnthony Melton who kicks ass and a bunch of shooters and guys who play like, finally a backup center if Doc's willing to play him. Or maybe they fire Doc and it's Sam Cassell, like, kicking ass. Like, there's a chance. I'm not, like, phoning in the season. It's still, there's 12 and 12. It's not like they're, like, 30 and 40. Very true. So, so, like, the blow it up 
I think is, I get like, look, watching them is a chore and not because just because they're losing, but because of like, because they're a chore to watch because they're not like a pleasant, aesthetically pleasing team, especially without Maxi. Um, even though Joel sometimes, you know, just does awesome shit Mm -hmm. and we got to, you know, try not to take that for granted. Mm hmm. Um, even though there are times when the decisions he makes and how he looks sometimes is frustrating. He's still like fucking Joel Embiid and he's awesome and he's going to be a Hall of Famer and that kicks ass. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm very far from like blow it up territory. If, if they, like, even if they, you know, I don't, let's, as an example, f- we're the eight seed this year. They have they deal with it's more possible, injuries. It's possible, by the way. They could yeah. be in the fucking play-in. They deal with more injuries. They f- slip into the play-in, and they make it to the eight seed. They win. They win a play-in game or whatever, and they are the eight seed against the Bucks. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be a fucking part of you. There's gonna be a part of me that thinks they can beat the Bucks. That thinks they're gonna fucking win that series. Yeah, if, if they're they get to this, if they're if they're if Embiid's there. So, you know, and he, and then if that's if that's the case, because they have fucking Joel Embiid, man, like it's still he's still the goddamn one of the best players in basketball. He kicks ass, and like they just have to do a better job of surrounding him with effective offense, and he has to do a better job of cutting out the bullshit uh, that he occasionally engages in. Um, mm-hmm. But he's still the man, and they're still like a you know they've been a great defense over the last month. So until no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not writing it off entirely. I mean, like odds are like, look, if you came out and said the Sixers are going to, there's there, I would bet if you, if you could make a bet, a thousand dollar bet that the Sixers aren't going to win more than one round in the playoffs. Like that's probably a safe bet. Like that's probably a safe bet. It's been a safe bet for 20 fucking years. So like, it's, it's easy to be negative. It's easy to be very annoyed by these guys. Um, but I'm not going to write it off entirely. And I'm certainly not thinking about like, yeah, let's fucking start over. Joel Embiid, come on. Hmm. I don't, I can't hear you as I'm doubled over in pain from repeatedly blasting myself in the dick. Yeah, no, I understand that. Well, uh, the Sixers play Friday night. They play the playing better, but then lost last night because uh, Anthony Davis got sick. Los Angeles Lakers playing a little bit, a little bit. I Losing to the Lakers at home would be embarrassing. I'm sorry. That team fucking blows. They suck. Um, hope they don't lose. Hope they win nine in a row or seven in a row. Nine, seven yeah, in a row? seven in a row at home and then and then the Knicks and the, War, and the Wizards. Yeah, nine in a row total. I will hmm. allow you to lose to the Pelicans, my Pelicans, but, but you got to win nine straight first. Last thing, last thing, last thing. Then we'll, I'll let you go. What percentage, if if there's 100% of the blame to go around for the Sixers' current performance, what yeah. percentage would you assign to one Doc Rivers? Because we haven't talked about Doc really the whole pod. And that's where everyone's bloodlust right now is very Doc Rivers-centric. Where would well, you put- Well, because it's just like something. Yes. It's it's the easiest thing to, you can do. Always. Yeah. Always. It's the easiest it thing It won't hurt to do. you. It's not going to hurt you. And it's, yeah, it's definitely not going to be like, man, they really regret firing Doc Rivers. Like that's, yeah. there's no, there's a 0% chance that that happens. A 0% chance. A, I'm going to, let me be clear. A 0% chance that they regret firing Doc Rivers. Right. This, the team could, they could turn it around. They could look better. They could win around in the playoffs. 
and maybe things coalesce and they get lucky and some ankles get get sprained in the right places <laughs> for the right team and they keep going. But if they fire him, there there's a no chance that they go, ah, we missed Shit. out. Yeah. There's Shit. just nothing. There's nothing. There's not a chance in hell. Just like just like the Phillies, there was no chance of them regretting firing Joe Girardi. Sometimes you just have to fucking make a move. Because the players on this team should be good enough. The coach can be very easily replaced. The coach is so much easier, more easily replaced than the players. And if you replace the coach with someone that's like younger and has an idea and isn't a fucking stubborn dick, then maybe they will rally around that coach and win some fucking games and play better and look different. I don't know. So as far as Doc Rivers goes, how much to blame is it's not all of it. It's certainly not all of it. Would you but say I, 17%? I would, uh, I'll say 30%. Oh, okay. Okay. And I will say fire him anyway. Whether 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 I landed on like 10% mm-hmm. or 20% or 30, the answer is still fire him. There's no reason not to. It's not my money. I don't give a fuck. They have all the money in the world. It's all fake. So like just fucking get his ass out of here and act like he was the problem and start fresh. With when there's still plenty of seasons left to like coalesce. Well, we gotta go. Uh the 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 bank is only open for 15 more minutes and we have to go get twenty thousand dollars in ones to bring to the strip club um but yeah, we will stacks, stacks yeah, ready to go. we'll talk to you this weekend i wouldn't i don't care about the strip clubs i i care if he was winning it wouldn't matter if they were winning at all but it just looks shitty when they're not winning it looks there certainly looks a little out of touch yeah maybe maybe fat stacks at a strip club with little baby after a loss to one of the worst teams in the league yeah could look better yes and like your mid-30s i don't know time to fucking whatever i guess some, it's the same could be said about me but yes after you lose to a team actively trying to lose yeah uh, and no pro- offense look obviously all all due respect to strippers keep doing your thing yeah make that money make that cash not about trying to get horny with my friends just like <laughs> i'm not a, a the kind point. of guy that likes yeah. to go places and be like hey like if i was going on vacation with cj's buds i wouldn't be like hey guys let's look at breasts together yeah you guys sit all around or the, the dicks Airbnb, together. or whatever it. you're into let's do it together i want it to be <laughs> i want to be alone or with Alyssa. those are the play those are the people i want to be horny with me you know not never you never any of my friends or my family or prominent rappers <laughs> Do I don't ever, want to be horny around those guys. So you I want to be wouldn't horny want by to, myself or with my fiance. You wouldn't want to sit around an Airbnb with CJ's friend group watching a porn? No. <laughs> no. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> That's a good point, Mike. I, I agree with you. I'm, I would I'm be coming you. up with an offense. Yeah. I would be inventing the idea of a fluid offense. Alright, we'll talk to you this weekend. Are you done with TTP? Yeah, you know it looks like. If you don't fuck with me, then I I won't fuck fuck with you. If you don't fuck with me, then I won't fuck with you. But if you fuck with me, I 
gonna fucking kill you! Time for plan B.